You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. This is Sean Doyle, host of the Locked On Blue Jays podcast, your daily podcast dedicated to the Toronto Blue Jays. I also cover Canada's team at the site I founded, jaysfromthecouch.com, and I host Jays From The Couch Radio as well. I'm also the co-author of the Jays From The Couch Guide to the 2018 Toronto Blue Jays, which you'll find on Amazon. Whether it's TV, radio, or in person, I'm always happy to talk Blue Jays, so hit me up on Twitter at DoyleJFTC. Welcome to the Locked on Blue Jays podcast. I'm super excited that this project is underway. I'm branching out my audio wings, as it were, spreading my audio wings onto the Locked on Network associated with FanRag Sports. I'll be with you for the entire 2018 season as we look to bring you great audio content every day. Now for this episode of the Locked on Blue Jays podcast, I'm going to start a new feature called Blue Jays Monday Musings. Every Monday morning, you'll get a rundown of what you need to know, what's hot or major takeaways, everything you might need so that you can sound good around the water cooler during the work week. I'd like to take the time, though, before we get into that, to remind you that you can find the Locked on Blue Jays audio and written content on LockedOnBlueJays.com. Site's up and running, looks good. People, A lot of people put a lot of work into it. Don't forget we're on iTunes. If you're an Apple user, head on over to the podcast, search Locked on Blue Jays, click subscribe, and you'll get our daily audio all up in your ears. And if you have a moment while you're listening and enjoying, go ahead, click on some stars, give us a rate and review, it would really, really help us out a lot. And don't forget, if you're an Android user, we haven't forgotten about you, head on over to Google Play, search Locked on Blue Jays, and click subscribe. It really is just that easy. All right, let's get Locked on Blue Jays. So it's Monday morning, and you're looking back what has happened this weekend and the answer is not a whole lot toronto blue jays went into cleveland of all places home of edwin encarnacion who by the way was talking about his old buddy jose bautista and said that uh, jose doesn't deserve what he's getting right now the silent treatment as it were from major league teams refusing to give the flipper of bats a job in 2018 edwin not happy about it besides that though There was some baseball to be played, and the Blue Jays got in one game before Mother Nature decided that that was enough. One game is enough, apparently. But the Toronto Blue Jays won that game, so they won the series. All was good. Now, what the reason I bring this up is because there seems to be a bit of an issue. If you look around baseball over the last couple of days, the weather has had a dramatic impact on the ability to play games. Rainouts cancellations, postponements, delays, all of that stuff. Something that is a bit unusual this season, sure. But it calls into question, what is the point of starting this early? Why does baseball need to start so early in the the calendar year? And baseball fans will say, because we waited so long, man. Winter is so long, and we waited for baseball, and we want it back, we want it back. Absolutely, I'm one of those people. I loved baseball just as much as the next guy. Well, maybe that's not true, because the next guy, the guy next to me, oh man, he gets upset if I don't put the garbage out on the street in the right spot, so I wouldn't say I like baseball as much as the next guy, but I do. I like baseball, but I like baseball when it's played. I like baseball when it's played, and nobody has to battle 
through the elements. We got guys coming up to the plate, and I'd like baseball when you can see their faces instead of looking like they're going to rob a bank because they have to cover their their faces and their skin. And It's cold, man. And that cold impacts people's ability to stay healthy, first of all. We saw Kendris Morales pull a, a hammy or whatever it was. It wasn't a ham sandwich, but he hurt himself running in the cold because it's cold. Marcus Stroman, other pitchers around the league having trouble gripping baseballs because it's cold. And that's the problem. Are we really watching baseball at this point? Or are we running players out there for owners to collect just that much more money like really we need to think about this and and there aren't enough domed stadiums in baseball to to kind of mitigate the weather circumstances and again i understand that this season the weather's been kind of crappy i get it but if we're looking at the product on the field it's kind of you know yeah sure it looks like baseball but when players can't grip the ball properly when players are getting hurt when players have to throw cold it's yeah it's a shadow of baseball as well you could go to the other end of it and people argue that the baseball season has to be long or it shouldn't be long i should say um and playoffs shouldn't be done in november well you know what i agree with that too and this season the baseball season started sooner because they wanted to add in more off days travel days and things like that to kind of i don't know spread out the grind that is 162 games but that's all been eliminated when you can't play baseball in April. The schedule has to allow for makeup days and all that stuff. So the Toronto Blue Jays missed two days in Cleveland. Two games that they missed. They're not coming back to Cleveland this year. How are those games going to be made up? Well, now, somehow, during those off days, the Toronto Blue Jays will have to make a trip to Cleveland, make up a game, make up another game, and then go back out. It's actually going to create the opposite of what this whole intention was of splitting up the season. So, I don't know. I love baseball, but I don't like seeing guys in snow trying to play. I don't like seeing players get hurt for my enjoyment of baseball. It's not worth it. That said, I'm glad baseball's back. (laughs) All right, something else that you probably want to talk about at the water cooler is Aaron Sanchez. The guy took a no-no. A no-hitter into the eighth inning against Baltimore. Now, first of all, no-hitters are special. You're, if you weren't watching at the at the time, you get notifications on your phone. Ding, 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 ding. No-hitter alert. No-hitter alert. Aaron Sanchez is no-hitting the, the Orioles through six, through seven. And they want you to tune in and all that stuff. And, of course, then, you, of course, you get the traditionalists who say, you don't talk about it. He's throwing a no-hitter. Don't talk about it. But you want to talk about it because it's exciting. So maybe people talking about it, people like myself, are the reason why the no-hitter didn't happen. Who knows? Can't. We'll never know, I guess. But the key to Aaron Sanchez's success, and this is where you're going to sound smart at the water cooler, his increased usage of his change-up. Aaron Sanchez rarely used his change-up in previous seasons. Um, and now, all of a sudden, he's discovered his change-up. And if you want to cite a source, you could say, well, I was reading fan graphs, and Jeff Sullivan wrote that Aaron Sanchez is getting uh, great downward movement on his change-up. So if you want a good change-up, you, the idea is that you want to be able to separate it enough from your fastball. So it looks like a fastball, but the speed is much different. 
But if you can't have that, because Aaron Sanchez is a hard thrower, so he doesn't have that, so what he does have to do is he had to adjust to add that downward movement. And this season, more than any, he's got so much downward movement on his pitch, it's become the most effective pitch he has this season. Now, it's three starts, so yeah. But still. And he's using it. And against the Orioles, he used it... I want to say something in the neighborhood of 40, 42%, something like that, something ridiculous, uh, ridiculously high, whereas his curveball is almost non-existent in its usage. And maybe you could make the argument that ripping the curveball has uh, an impact on that blistered finger, and maybe they want to avoid that, so he's figured out how to another weapon that he can use instead. And whatever the reason is, it's working. Aaron Sanchez looking very good lately because of his changeup usage. And what's interesting is that in each start, he used it a bit more and more. Against the White Sox previously, he used it a lot, but then again, he increased it uh, against the Orioles. But What's more interesting than that is location. Against the White Sox, he was down the bottom of the zone, um, missing the zone more. Uh, but against the Orioles, he was had it up working a little higher in the zone and as a result was able to keep the Orioles off balance. So there you go. Talk about Aaron Sanchez. Uh, this guy is a stud. If he can continue his success. Even without the changeup, he would have been one of the big reasons that the Toronto Blue Jays compete this season. But now, if he can establish that changeup and keep that very, very attractive curveball of his, throw it in there when he needs to, then you're looking at a potentially dangerous pitcher uh, for the Toronto Blue Jays, which is excellent news. Some other excellent news, the whole depth that the Toronto Blue Jays have acquired in Jan Gervais Solarte and Aledmus Diaz, and to a certain extent, Gifting Gope. Yep, we can include him too. Have been really good. With Troy Tulowitzki on the bench, we didn't, we hadn't even noticed. On the DL, surgery on both feet. And we haven't even noticed because the depth that the Blue Jays have acquired this offseason has been that good. Now, with Josh Donaldson on the DL, Sarlarte will probably get the bulk of the playing time at third base, while Russell Martin may get a start or two uh, at the hot corner himself, give him a break from behind the plate and all that stuff. It's hard on the knees, you know. So, the depth that this Blue Jays team has has put them in a position where they are 9-5, and five, which is surprising a whole lot of people. But let's talk about this depth here. We have players who can play multiple positions. We have players who maybe were questionable as far as Diaz goes. Let's talk about him. Rookie of the Year nominee uh, in his first season in the league. Dropped off a cliff last year. Fell out of favor in St. Louis as players are wont to do with that organization. Man, I'd love to know what's going on there because players fall out of favor so fast there. Anyway, the Toronto Blue Jays were able to scoop him up. The word is conditioning was an issue heading into this season and questionable defense well he has come into this season started the season 14 games in yes so you know we'll take it with a grain of salt or small sample size and all that stuff but he's looked very good has not looked out of place on defense Solarte, aside from being a, an enjoyable person to watch with his celebrations and his dancing and his and his uh, team building <laughs> if you will He's been producing as well, and it has made all the difference for this team. 
Now, when you talk about the new guys, you could also talk about Randall Grichuk, who might possibly be having one of the worst starts to a season that you can possibly have, hitting well under 100, like well under 100. Um, now, what's interesting, you feel bad for the guy because he seems to be doing everything right, except maybe trying too hard. Uh, his batting average on balls in play is a ridiculous 077. Like, that, how, how is that even possible? I've never seen one so low. He's weighted runs created plus of a minus 16. Are you kidding me? He's Yeah, it's a bad start. And so you kind of feel bad for the guy. But he's trying too hard. Maybe he needs a little break. And that's what you can say. He's gripping it too tight. But he will be fine. It's only 14 games in. Everybody has a rough 14-game stretch. It just That's the only evidence we have of him in 2018. So, sure, it looks bad. And Devin Travis as well. Got to feel bad for that guy. He's one of the more likable people in all of baseball, and he's off to a, a, a kind of a terrible start himself. Again, another guy who probably, because of being off the field for so long last season, trying to make up for lost time and you know trying a little too hard, gripping a little too tight maybe. Um, but overall, this is a Toronto Blue Jays team that might be surprising some people. Now, if you've been following the Toronto Blue Jays all winter, maybe you aren't surprised. Maybe you do know what you're talking about because this is a good team. People maybe south of the border, hint, hint, if you know what I mean, may be surprised by the Toronto Blue Jays, but you shouldn't be. Now, 14 games in, it's tough to tell whether or not this is who they actually are, but th- things are looking good. Okay, They're suffering some injuries in Josh Donaldson, Kendris Morales, and yet they're weathering the storm rather nicely now. But time will tell. This depth will be put to the test. The season is a long season, 162 games playing in cold weather, (laughs) and then hopefully they get to play in some more cold weather at the back end of the season. And until we get there, we'll keep you up to date here on the Locked on Blue Jays podcast on iTunes, Google Play, search us up, click subscribe, give us a rate and review and all that stuff. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on Jays. Head on over to LockedOnBlueJays.com, and this is me, Sean Doyle. Follow me on Twitter at DoyleJFTC, hoping life gives you a juicy fastball down the middle, and you don't miss it. Take care.